So, as many of you know, we are in, this is the second week of our sermon series on Proverbs. Now, the good thing is, is if you missed the first week, you can always go back and pick it up just by going online, going to ahumc.org, and you can find it there. The other thing is, if you have no intention of ever going back and watching anything, that's fine too. It's kind of standalone, so you're going to get something out of it no matter what. All right? Now, last week, I did one something that I rarely, if ever, do, and that is I gave a homework assignment. And that assignment was very simply to read the book of Proverbs. And it wasn't even to read the whole book. It was to find a Bible and open up Proverbs and read a few and find some that speak to your life and speak to your heart and then write them down and then put them in places that you'll see them. Put them on your phone. Put them on your computer. You know, if you're like me, put them on the refrigerator. Whatever you need to do to read them. Because this is the basic understanding of the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is the least theologically, you know, all, all these kind of theological words. You've got to get concepts. It's really about how you live your life. And it is such a basic way. If you will do these godly principles, you can find blessing. Okay? So, you don't have to raise your hand. I'm not here to make you feel guilty. How many of you did it? I can hear some nervous laughter, so I don't know if that means you did or didn't. So, but I will say, I had to remind myself as I was reading Proverbs, because it's really kind of interesting. When you really engage Proverbs, I find myself reading, and I go, you know, I'm going to read this one chapter, and I just kept going. I kept, and I just thought, gosh, this is so good. And uh, then I got to one, and I wrote it down, and I thought, you know what, I can't share this one. I can't share it because it's not really for me. Because I, I did what my father used to do to me when I would sit in church with him. And I could tell that Sunday... If the sermon was boring because my father would pick up the Bible and he would look in the book of Proverbs and every part that he would come in the book of Proverbs and there's a lot of them in there where a son's foolishness would bring shame to his father he'd hit me and, and show it to me and I have to admit it kind of ruined Proverbs for me for quite a while okay and so I have to warn you, don't read Proverbs to then unleash it on somebody else. I say that, but I'm going to do it anyway because I've got to share what I found, okay? Proverbs 10.26. Like vinegar to the truth, oh, sorry, like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so are lazy, uh, the lazy to their employees. I've got to share that with my staff put that all around but I won't do that that's just wrong I'll just bring it up in a sermon but now another one that I'm reminded of when you kind of engage the book of Proverbs please don't check your humor at the door they're humorous because they want you to remember them they're humorous because they want to engage you they want to teach you something and so a funny one 
that really spoke to me. And I thought, this is the one I'm going to write down. This is the one I put all over my office, okay? It was this one, Proverbs 26, 17. Someone who takes a strange dog by the ears is like one who meddles in the quarrels of another. And that's funny. And one of the things I, I get paints for me a very clear image of grabbing a dog you do not know and you're holding that dog by the ears. Is anything good going to come from that? You know, you're going to get probably licked in the face or bitten, okay? Because your hands are kind of out. You can't even defend yourself now. And so are we supposed to get into other people's quarrels? No, because you're probably going to get bit in the process. So again, find some ones that speak to you, write them down, and Proverbs is one of those books where you have to take it and apply it to your life. You can't just read it. You got to internalize it. You got to let God's wisdom take root in who you are. So this week, we're looking at taking initiative, okay? Uh, and you're going to find Proverbs like this throughout the entire book. Now, you might remember there's a story about a site foreman. A site foreman who had 10 lazy men working for him. So one day he decided to trick them into doing a little work for a change. And so he walks up and he says, okay, fellas, I've got a really easy job. Matter of fact, it's really for the laziest one among you. And so the foreman then said, will the laziest man here please put their hand up? Nine hands went up. The foreman asked to the tenth man, why didn't you put your hand up? And the tenth man responded, it's just too much trouble. <laughs> I think he found his laziest guy, right? My friends, the book of Proverbs commends us for taking initiative. But I want to say to you, don't you think it's easier to not take initiative? Isn't it just easier to complain about life's unfairness? I mean, why take initiative and try to solve our problems when it's so much easier just to blame other people? We can blame our parents, our friends, our boss, our teacher, our government, our church. And yes, we even blame God. Many of us, if we're really honest, have a deeply held belief that goes something like this. Some way, someday, somehow, my life is going to improve. Some way, someday, somehow, I'm going to drift into more satisfying circumstances. Some way, someday, I'll feel like doing something with my life. Some way, someday, I'll quit wasting so much time partying. 
Some way, someday, I'll get my schoolwork done on time. Some way, someday, my boss will notice me. Someday, someway, I'll stumble into the job of my dreams. Someday, someway, I'll meet the perfect spouse. They'll just come floating into my life. Someway, someday, the credit card companies will lose all of my records. Someday, someway, I'll win the lottery. Yeah, I won't go there again, right? I preached that up on that last week. Someday, someway, my marriage will transform itself. Someway, someday, my kids will stop getting into trouble. Someday, someway, my metabolism will increase and fat will just melt away. Someday, someway, I'll start wanting to help the poor. And someday, someway, I'll take being a Christian seriously. Someday, someway, somehow, it'll just happen. Are you sure? Have you seen life work this way? Because I think just the opposite is what happens. Now, Proverbs has a name for people who operate with this mindset. Now, I've got to be careful here, because when I share this word, you are probably going to be offended. And I just want you to know, this is Proverbs saying this, not Jason, all right? This is the Bible, not me. This is God, not Jason. All this is kind of important. The other thing to understand is if you really want to go in and tackle Proverbs, right? You want to understand it. You want to glean the information. You want to get the wisdom that's right there at your fingertips. If you go there and you've got everything in life already figured out, you're not going to get anything. It's not going to mean anything to you. It's going to fall on deaf ears. This is like what I said last week. There's two kinds of people when it comes to Proverbs. There are the foolish and the wise. If you're already wise, and you already say that you're wise, well, then one of the problems is you got a little much, too much pride going with that wisdom. And if you read Proverbs any, you're going to also see that what comes before the fall? Pride, right? And so we have to come to it and understand that we are the fools. We are the sinners. We are the ones who are in need of God's grace and God's instruction and God's help. And it's there for us. And so when we come to this, we have to see ourselves maybe not in the best light. So kind of a Proverbs has a name for people who operate with that mindset that things are just going to work out. And we don't have to do anything. That our circumstances are what's going to change, not us. And here's the word. Proverbs calls you and me a sluggard. Right? That enduring term, right? I mean, what is a slug? It's a slimy, snail-like creature that is even too lazy to even carry its own home. No shell, right? I mean, can you imagine a slug 
on a slow, purposeless journey. And what happens? It bumps into a pebble and it just stops. According to Proverbs, sluggards are lazy. The book of Proverbs says that many of us are in danger of becoming sluggards. And so our first step, our first step is a rather simple one. And it comes right out of the book. Stop procrastination. I, uh, I didn't get to that second step because I put it off and I never got back to it. No, it's not true. I got it right. It's a, this procrastination is a hard lesson to learn, okay? And I want to be honest with you and say, I'm a sluggard and I procrastinate about everything I can. And uh, I struggle with it. I struggle with this very simple thing, right? Getting the trash out. It happens every week at the same time. I have the same wife who tells me that I need to be doing it. And what do I do? I say, I'll do it in a little bit. Or I'll even go, you know what? I get up early. I'll do it in the morning. Yeah? Anybody here ever said that? So in the morning, I'm eating my breakfast, and I hear the trash truck go rolling by. And do you know that if you rush outside early in the morning in your pajamas, yelling at the trash truck and waving your hands and hauling your trash bin behind you, they will not back the truck up. (laughs) They ain't coming back. And then I know that I got to take the trash back into the garage and hear the complaining from my wife about something like, if you had done it when I told you to do it, this wouldn't have happened. So procrastination, right? It affects each of us in some way. Now the second step down the path of being a sluggard is to make excuses. Here's an example. On the way to work, an intelligent, able-bodied worker remembers a challenging responsibility that he didn't have time to complete the following day. Now, there are choices that need to be made. What do you do? Well, you could continue to drive to work and then pray to God for strength and guidance and wisdom. Pray that God will help you find a creative way to problem solve. Maybe even call a friend and say, hey, I've got this difficulty or a coworker that might be able to help you. You could also say, you know what? I really am going to finish this today. I can't put it off anymore. And say to yourself with great determination, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to have the energy and I'm going to finish it to the point of completion. Or there's also a sluggard's way. And what is that? Call in sick. Okay? And do you know that there are proverbs about this very thing? I can't go to work. You see it in Proverbs 22:13. I can't go to work. There's lions outside. And I'll be murdered in the streets. You know how many lions are roaming around Jerusalem? 
right? I mean, this is an excuse. In fear, in made-up fear, the sluggard closes himself in his house and makes, exclu- and makes excuses. Now let's, let's pretend for a moment that there really is a line in the street. You could take initiative on that. Yeah? Maybe you should join a, join a hunting group and go lion hunting. You know? Figure out a way to deal with it. There will always be frightening responsibility, overwhelming challenges, heartbreaking disappointments, but only the sluggard will make excuse after excuse in the face of life's demands. I mean, think about your own life. Do you make excuses for the lack of performance, the lack of diligence, the lack of discipline, the lack of anything good? Proverbs has a clear warning for us. Procrastination leads to more procrastination. And excuses breed more excuses. Proverbs 19.24 describes the sluggard like this. The sluggard is basically so lazy that he buries his hand into the dish to get the food. But he's so lazy he can't even bring the food back up to his mouth. Or Proverbs 26, 14. As a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns in his bed. So let me ask, is Proverbs starting to convict you? Have you taken more steps down the sluggard's path than you care to admit? Have you developed a pattern of procrastination and and excuse? Have you traded an initiative and diligence and perseverance for sluggishness, slothfulness, and laziness? Or maybe you're like me, lazy? Never. I'm the energizer bunny. I got too much going on. I'm a mover and a shaker, and you need to get out of my way. I am a human tornado. If that's you, then you need to listen real close. Because all of us suffer from a hidden disease called selective sluggardliness. All right? A disease characterized by carefully constructing compartments in our lives where slothfulness reigns. These little pockets of laziness, of inactivity, though seemingly insignificant, they will nearly always be unseen by others, but they are known to us if we'll look. And they will ultimately bring pain, heartache, and even ruin to our lives. Now, who are the people who suffer from selective sluggardliness? Well, the student who succeeds athletically and socially but fails to take seriously the education of her or his mind. It's the dad who sets sales records at work and shoots a four handicap on the golf course but fails miserably to to meet the emotional needs of his wife and children. It's the mom who pours herself out on the job and on the home front, but continually neglects her relationship with God. 
It's the highly relational women and men who fill their time with people but never tend the soil of their interior lives. It's those who spend more money than they have and promise themselves that tomorrow I'll set a budget. And what's the problem with that? Tomorrow never comes. It's church members who nod their heads when the pastor challenges them to a deeper commitment to God. But when Monday morning rolls around, they're back to their casual Christian ways. My friends, it's all of us. We are all in the 9 out of 10 club. Did you know that? Yeah, I had a, had a great friend. Worked hard his entire life. Had a loving life, a great family, many friends. He's a, a great churchman. Gave himself to the ministry of the church all the time. And at age 60, he was able to re retire and not worry about money. And at the age of 60, he also had a massive heart attack. My friends, he took, a, he took care of everything else in his life. He took care of everything but his health. He took care of everything but his body. So you want to say to me, well, 9 out of 10, that's not bad. But what if that 10th one is what ends up killing you? So what can we do? Well, Proverbs says this to us. Go to the Ant Academy. That's in Proverbs 6, 6 through 8. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer, no ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. You know, one of the things that we can kind of glean from this is we cannot rely on exterior motivation. I mean, the ant doesn't have anybody telling the ant what to do. The ant just does what the ant does. We need to motivate ourselves. It needs to come from within. It needs to come from a great connection that we have with God that says, hey, this is important. That my taking initiative really is an initiative of love. It's an initiative of taking others. It's an initiative of respecting others. It's an initiative of loving myself. And many times, the way I treat myself and treat others also has a direct effect on my relationship with God. If you're relying solely on external motivation, you are going to be disappointed with your life. But if you can find a way to tap that inner resource, the inner power that God gives you and do even those things you don't want to do, you're going to take control of your life. The other part of this is that we need to always be thinking ahead. Determine what is important. Determine what needs to be done. Pray about it. Plan it and then do it. I mean, it really sounds simple, doesn't it? Well, that's really the beauty of Proverbs. 
It's something that everybody can do. It's something that all ages can take wisdom from and learn, but you got to internalize it. It has to come from here. It comes from God into here, and then God works in you to go out and make a difference for yourself, for others, for your relationship with God. So, I'm not calling it homework anymore. I'm calling it fun work. I think my teachers tried that on me too, but it didn't work either. So the fun work for this week, continue to read Proverbs. Maybe find another one that you can add to it. And then I got you praying. I mean, I got you reading the Bible now. The next thing is let's start praying. And let's pray that God will reveal within us our selective sluggardliness and then start to work on that. We're not going to try to change the world. We're just looking to look for one thing that we can work on within ourselves with God's help and start making a difference. All right? We're in the 9 out of 10 club. What's that 10th thing you're missing? Pray to the Holy Spirit. Let God guide you and see what it is and then work on it. Maybe find a proverb that can help you internalize and motivate you to work on it. Let's take it to the end, okay? My friends, I give thanks for this opportunity. An opportunity to walk with you through a very practical, biblical way of understanding our life and applying God's wisdom to it. I pray. Pray for each of you that you'll give it a chance, that you'll allow Proverbs, God's holy wisdom, to make a difference in the way that you live. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.